Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. But it allows you to become aware of all of these thoughts and feelings and circumstances and all this stuff going around, and then you get to choose now. As hard as it is, do we get to choose that this is going to happen for us or to us? Welcome to another episode of On Coaching. In this conversation, I, Rosanna Tomiak, speak to coaches David Gerber, Kristen Freyd, and Deb Foy about reinventing ourselves and its significance in our evolution as human beings. We explore the causes of reinvention, whether external or internal, how many times we've reinvented ourselves, and what's the difference between change and reinvention. We dive into how having a vision, community, and clear values will support this transformative experience. We hope that by the end of this episode, you understand more about what it means to reinvent yourself and have the courage to do so if it aligns with your vision. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to On Coaching, our podcast. We are here today to talk about reinvention, and we have with us some of our Novus Global Executive Coaches. We have Kristen Freyd with us. Hi, Kristen. Hello. Welcome. We have Deb Foy. Hi, Deb. Hey. And we have David Gerber. Hi, David. Hey, everyone. So today we are talking about reinvention. And the first question that comes up that I want to ask all of us is what does it actually mean to reinvent yourself? So for me, reinvention, gosh, it can go a number of different ways. But I think it's when you you really, you expand your capacity in a decent way that's like significant, right? That where the people around you would notice, even if they couldn't pinpoint it, but they would notice that something had shifted in you. So whether you had thrown your hat in the ring for something big and you you really dove into that and put yourself on the hook and you took some some massive actions on that. And then also, I mean, massive actions can be small things over time as well. So like it can become from that or it can be something in your life really throws things off. So you maybe have a death of a friend or something in it, in it, in it or a loved one and it really causes you to re-examine your entire world. Um, and so I think it's mm. it can be a major shift in mindset, but usually it's followed by taking a really decisive actions in your life in line with where you want your life to be going. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take a step too. I think uh, when I think about reinvention, the word creation comes up for me of it's creating something new. I also think potentially adding by choice because I, I do think there's a choice you have in whether or not you even want reinvention to happen. But if you even go back to just like the base of invention, like you think of when things are invented, it's something new that's created that didn't exist before. And so it's continuing to do that over and over again, as far as just like adding the re in beforehand. Mm-hmm. When I was processing this question, it was an evolution of oneself that you bring your experiences and wisdom to intentionally or unintentionally pivot and recreate yourself. That was coming up for me. Mm, Love it. You know, this topic came to our podcast from our coaches experiencing it in in their lives. Kristen, as you shared a a bit earlier, and we're going to hear about that. And as as I was looking up the difference, naturally what came to me, I was like, well, what's the difference between reinvention and change? And when I looked in the dictionary, reinvent said to invent again or anew, especially without knowing that the invention already exists. And then change said to make the form, nature, content, future course, et cetera, of something 
different from what it is. So what struck me was that this idea of reinvention for me was this idea that maybe it's like beginning that I could start from a blank slate, that I could start really fresh and that I don't have to think about who I was or, or what I am in order to, you know, become what I'd like to become. And I'm curious, how does that land for you guys, this idea of reinvention in that sense, that it can be just completely from nothing that I create who I am? I love that thought because I think sometimes not thinking that way holds people back, meaning it's like, well, this is what I've always done, or this is how I always you know, have been, or I default to this. And it, it keeps them, I think, from potentially creating what could be. So looking at that from the fresh slate or starting completely anew, I think eliminates or gets rid of a lot of the fears or the the things that may weigh us down or hold us back of like, well, regardless of what happened before, or regardless of how I was, I can still, uh, again, create this brand new thing that can look totally different than anything I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'd agree with that in terms of where are you anchoring your your perception? Is it in the past? Because the best way I've heard it explained is if it's change, the distinction is that if, if you're focusing on change, it's who was I yesterday and who could I become now based on who I was yesterday versus reinvention is an anchoring in the future of let's like, I think one of you said a clean slate and it's who do you think you can't become in the future? Who, what's, what's beyond your wildest dreams of who you could become, whether that's impact, whether that's income, whether that's relationships, whether that's uh, starting a company and, or whatever it is, like, what is it that is beyond your current grasp and, and, and maybe even stretch that big time, like go way out there and then you can bring it back and by still chunk it down into to actionable steps. But I think it's really, it's anchoring in that future, which usually gets, it gets me nervous to think about because it's easier to anchor on, mm-hmm. okay, I could do, I could, you know, run three miles yesterday. Maybe I can run four next week versus saying I want to run a hundred mile race or something significant like that, which I think is so far beyond what I, I think I could do. And Rosie, when you said the freshness, what came up for me is like, fanning that flame inside of us, that passion that we want to like, as David was saying, in the future, what does that look like? How do we build upon that? What do we create? And just continue to fuel that passion with inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great. So speaking of passion and fuel, I'd love to hear from you guys. What's the juiciest reinvention you've experienced in your own lives? Let's inspire our listeners here. <laughs> <laughs> Juiciest. Uh, that's an interesting <laughs> adjective. Interesting choice of word. How much time um, do you have? Yeah. <laughs> I know. If I had only uh, related to it as that in the moment. So I'll, I'll go first. I would maybe change juiciest to most impactful <laughs> uh, for me. And, and it was fairly recent, actually. It was, was kind of right before even uh, joining Novus Globals is when it happened. Essentially, there I, I was in a business. My husband and I w- worked a business together, and we were really at the top level of that business. We were, at, at, quote unquote, the top of our game. Um, we were in a really great space in life. We loved what we were doing and and thought we would do it forever. Like we, there was no plan B. There were so many aspects to what we were doing that we really enjoyed. There was t- tons of growth that we had. It brought us closer together in marriage, even, um, and it really kind of shaped 
how we were parenting. There's so many things about it that uh, we just fell in love with. And what happened was the business model that we were part of shifted uh, very quickly to where we lost 95% of our income. And it was right before we were moving across the country to a state where we knew nobody. And again, we had no backup plan. And it really was probably the most defining moment of our lives thus far in how do we handle this? How do we uh, want to, to come out on the other side? What do we want to see? And, and this is where I even brought up choice before because this this business shift happened to, happened to quite a few people. It was not just to my husband and I. And people reacted to it very differently, which was very interesting to watch. And so we decided to look at it as an opportunity of, okay, so what's next? What do we want things to look like? What are our values that we're filtering all of our choices through? Who do we need to talk to? What are some of the things that we've done in our past that we want to keep moving forward? And what are the things that we were doing that we don't want to bring forward anymore? So we really looked at it as that clean slate that we were, let's say, given (laughs) to be able to do something with that has led to where I am today of you know, looking back, I, I wouldn't have been here if, if that business shift didn't happen. And I'm truly enjoying the life that we're continuing to create. I'm, I'm in love with the coaching work and what we're doing. I love the community of Novus Global and what we're creating here. And a lot of that work laid the foundation. So that's why I love the definition of the reinvention of like, mm. I, I invented, I reinvented myself even for that business, but then it was another iteration of who I'm becoming as I stepped into the executive coaching space and have created something new as this next chapter, so to speak, of my career. Chris, if I can do a follow-up on that, I'm intrigued with, like, for you, and maybe you could speak for your husband as well, what were, like, one or two of those moments that were really pivotal? Because I think it's fun to kind of, fun to hone in, especially for people that are receiving coaching right now or considering this idea of coaching uh, what what is it? What are those like? Do you have any of those kind of like maybe smaller moments where the reinvention really took place? Yeah, that's good. I think one one that stands out for sure is the conversation that he and I had around our values. Uh, it was literally as we were driving across the country in our minivan with the three kids in the back that were sleeping, and it was like. We this this next step could look a lot of different ways, and we can operate out of a panic of what to do next, or we can operate with clarity. So, what does clarity look like for us right now? And and so we defined what are our values, what are our non negotiables that at least you and I agree on, and then we filtered all of our next steps through those values, even to the point of saying no to some potential jobs or some potential opportunities because they would conflict with. Uh, for instance, the value of flexibility. One of the things we fought so hard in our former business for was schedule flexibility of time. So that was kind of a non-negotiable for us to keep. And so uh, that clarity of setting up a filter or a boundary or whatever you want to call it was really powerful as we did end up saying no to some things because, again, it left space open for what we've stepped into that we're really loving. So what I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm off on this, but like, is there was... One of the biggest pivoting mo- moments sounds like it was when you realized there's like an awareness that you had a choice, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, and and you chose a certain thing, right? But I, it almost I'm wondering if like a precursor to like reinvention is first of all being aware I have a choice right now. We can 
view this as, you know, this is happening to us rather than what sounds like you, you looked at it as this is happening for us. Mm-hmm. And, and that can delineate between reinvention. Obviously the reinvention we're looking for is, you know, a one that makes your life better. Whereas you probably could reinvent the wrong way too, <laughs> or reinvent in a way that makes your life worse. So I totally. love that. And I, and I was thinking about for me, there's a quick story about my life where I had a huge, like a, a, a huge, but a little like reinvention when it came to like working out. Like I used to hate working out. I used to hate running, abhorred it, like would buy a pair of shoes in January, go on two runs and then hate it. Like I always did. And I did that for like a decade every year. And then one year, for some reason, somebody kind of, I don't know if I was listening to some audio track from like some motivational person. And they talked about how you could love every moment of something rather than hating it. And I never knew, it was weird over 30 years of my life, I never was aware that I had a choice that I could actually really enjoy running. And it kind of blew my mind. And that's it's been about a decade since then. And I love working out. I love running, but it's a mental choice. Like it starts with the awareness of choice, which reinvented that, which for me has become a habitual thing. But for you, it was like a big shift in, in, in your world. So anyway, I, I just wanted to pinpoint that because I think that's really crucial for me. I didn't think about that before we, we had this call. Yeah, that's great is highlighting the choice. And then I'm curious too, David, linking yours to Kristen. So in, in Kristen's situation, well, it was like the way they were building the revenues, you know, shifted 95%. I think I heard you say Kristen. And then for you, David, it was, you were, you were watching something and it, it, it challenged the way you think. So in both cases, it, is it that there was sort of an inciting incident or an external trigger that caused you then internally to look at your choice in the matter? What do you guys think? I'd say for sure it was an exter- external trigger. Yeah, well, for you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, but I would even say uh, Johan, who's been on the, the podcast, I've talked to him about this. And even like way after the fact, he's asked me some really powerful questions of just that ownership piece or still kind of relating back to the happening to us. Because I would still kind of make some of those references of like, well, it's totally out of our hands or totally out of control. And, uh, you know, we didn't have anything to do with it. And he's asked some really powerful questions of like, well, it could have happened a lot of other ways. We, we could have screwed up and it could have gone away. It could have disappeared other ways. I'll say it that way. So there still continues to be some shifts that I'm having even years after the fact, which I think, again, that still goes back to choices. I can choose how to relate to those questions of like, ew, don't ask me that question versus, oh, you know what? That's a great point. And I obviously still have some work I can keep doing, which is exciting. Uh David, what do you think about yours? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And I have other examples as well, which we may get to. But I think it is, as I was thinking about this today, I think there's sometimes there's inciting incidents that happen externally, similar to what happened with Kristen or, or for me about a year ago, I went through a divorce that was initiated by my, by my ex-spouse. Right. So like it was, it wasn't something, whereas with the running, like I was choosing that or starting a business, it's more of I'm throwing my hat and there's an inciting incident where I put myself on the hook, I go play full mm-hmm. out. And it's like a, mm-hmm. an affirmative stepping into something versus something like what, with, with, with what Kristen's talking about. Maybe Dev has examples as well, where it's something that's an external thing. So I think there oftentimes is that. And in some ways I'm thinking like you can sit around and wait for those, which I, I wouldn't recommend that per se. I, I would say the question I'm, I'm thinking about for listeners and even for my own world is where am I actively choosing an inciting incident that will force me to reinvent myself. And a lot of times when we're talking to potential clients is we'll say, what vision is worth going after 
that would force you to reinvent yourself in order to hit it. Mm-hmm. And because it's like you sign up for the marathon and it's like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you you got to train. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, that's the stuff we more encourage. I think there will be things that happen in life that are external things that where what Kristen did with uh, her husband was, we're going to shift this from happening to us to happening for us. And we're going to look at it from that way and look at this, you know, there's a book called the obstacle is the way that talks about a lot of stories of how people reinvented themselves when something happened externally that they wouldn't necessarily have chosen, but they chose their attitude towards it. We're going to say, this is happening for us, not to us. And five years, we're going to look back and our life's going to be dramatically better. And it's going to be because we lost 95% of our income, which for those listening, I want you to think about, imagine if you got a, you know, a note tomorrow saying you're going to lose 95% of your income. I mean, that's drastic. Being able to shift that into like, this is happening for us. That's a heavy lift, a very, very heavy lift uh, and, and very mm-hmm. exciting to see what, what Kristen and Nick are doing and watching them on social media is really, really fun for me to see because I know what they, what they went through. Uh, if I could even jump into like, don't get me wrong. There were some tears. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like it wasn't like a, oh, Always. no problem. I get to choose growth. It's like, but I think that that's important to say too, is like, there can be those emotions with the reinvention of losing a little bit of what you knew or the grief of it, or depending on what comes up. I, I just, I think that's important to note that that happens and it's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're not choosing growth or that you're relating to it poorly. I think emotions play a huge part in it. Um, but then it is, again, how you choose to to move forward from there. So I've reinvented myself eight times professionally. <laughs> and so beat that, everybody. <laughs> as you talk about that, right? Like, yeah, there's lots of pains to go into the space of uncomfortable and a stretch to do some of the things that maybe you never did, maybe you never thought you were going to do. But if you had a vision or if out of necessity, you're actually doing that very thing. And, and just the areas and the growth that we're able to glean from it, not only the wisdom, the passion, the, the tears and the sweat, right? But what are those things of how I've grown individually or, you know, as I've, I've I coached my clients and I've seen some of them step into those spaces and what we get from it and where we grow and the spaces that we then find ourselves in and the opportunities that begin to come our way in most cases been priceless, um, especially from my experiences. I love what you're saying there, Deb. There's a, there's a quote that came to mind for me based on this, this, this podcast where the quote is, I rarely like the things that make me better when they're actually happening to me. And so whether it's, again, you put yourself on the hook for something or, or a life or circumstance shifts dramatically or, you know, something like that. And I, I, I keep thinking about this because what, what Kirsten was saying about like, yeah, there were some tears and, and so it wasn't mm-hmm. like, well, oh, it's happening for us, not to us. And it's like, high five, let's go. We're, you know, dramatically shift our lives. But it's like, it is that like sitting in that and I think really feeling it and then also shifting into how can I, how can I actually enjoy as much as possible the things that make me better when they're happening to me rather than it being just a default of, I hate this. It's like, what could, what if I could love this 1% today and maybe 2% tomorrow, maybe 3% the next day, because knowing that this is going to make me better, it's just going to be, there's going to be some tears. And if I can share a bit, and maybe you guys will have to coach me through this one, but if I think about a significant reinvention I've had maybe in the past five, six years, well, it's been, um, I saw the world a certain way. I was clear about my beliefs about what's after this life and what's it all for. 
And then I guess it was a series of events. You know, we asked the question, does reinvention happen in a moment or does it happen over a series of moments? And I guess for myself, through a series of moments, I began to become less sure of what I thought this was all for, this life. And through a lot of pain, actually, you know, a lot of nights like by myself just crying, <laughs> I I came to a place where part of the reinvention was maybe just that I was okay not being clear. Mm-hmm. And then what I had to ask myself is who will I be and how will I show up such that I'm not clear? Yeah. And I don't know. Can you, can anyone relate to that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the wrestling. It's in the wrestling of those moments, I believe, that things shift in us and we begin to see things differently. And it's in those very moments where I think the magic happens. Hmm. I, I can resonate with that, Rosie, uh, quite a bit in my own life. And I think what I would, what I would say is, is like, I don't know if this sounds too cliche, but is it okay in life at times to be clear that you're unclear? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and we could get way off the rails on this and have a whole different conversation <laughs> about like, you know, like what does clarity mean and what do we need to be clear on and what is meant to be clear and what's not meant to be clear and all that kind of stuff. But when you are, I, I've had a lot of those, those, uh, nights of whether it's tears or just reading or wrestling or wondering if, everything's broken or, you know, gosh, all those things. And you feel like your whole, like this was like a lot of my last year when I went through um, this divorce of where you just feel like everything's kind of breaking. And as I would talk to different people who had been through similar experiences, they, what they talked about was kind of, there's this outer shell of breaking, which is like that, the, the inciting incident, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then what they say happens a lot of times when you, when you really break something significant in your life. And I don't know if that's the right word, but we'll use it for now. Then oftentimes like these layers underneath of it, they break too that you weren't expecting. And so I don't know if that was your experience, Rosie or not was like, there's this outer thing where it's like that you first are like, man, if everything that I thought about the world, the way it is, and, and now what do I do with that? And then I feel like there's all these layers underneath of it. I don't know what to do with all of it at once. And that was kind of my experience with a lot of this is there's these multiple, multiple layers. And it's like, how do I wrestle with all these at one time? Because it's not like mm-hmm. you pick up one, set it down the next day. Oh, I'm going to wrestle with this and then I'm going to wrestle with this, you know, kind of thing. So, but I've definitely wrestled yeah. it, yeah. And, you know, you actually reminded me of a quote. I think it was Rob Bell or, you know, someone said it that, and maybe this is some of the, the what catalyzed a reinvention in my life is, you know, there's this moment where mountain isn't mountain and river isn't river. And so there's, it's like <laughs> stress <Yeah>. and disorientation. <laughs> and then you go through a process and you come out on the other side and mountain is mountain again and river is river again. And perhaps they don't look exactly the same or they're, they're different in what their foundation is. Uh, but you you find a, a place again. And I, I imagine that is a part of reinvention is that I, I arrived somewhere and now I'm <laughs> somewhat stable in uncertainty, but I figured out how to like get my grasp. Yeah. One, and it sounds like in some ways, and maybe this goes with Kristen and Deb too, is I think there's such a value for just honoring that process, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm sitting there on a Thursday night crying as I'm, you know, <laughs> like my whole world seems like it's breaking and a mountain's not a mountain anymore or river or whatever. And, and Kristen and Nick, and they're having th- their conversation and Deb's going through what she's going through. And I, you know, and it's like, that's one of the things I've focused on a lot this year is in, in, in the therapy and coaching that I've had and conversations with friends, 
my favorite moments are when the therapist really invites me to just honor whatever it is that's there. Now, I think that mm-hmm. can go off the rails where you kind of idolize it. So I think there is a an interesting nuance there. But but I think so many of us, most of us probably grew up in environments where our experience wasn't honored. It was like, stop crying or don't be sad or whatever it was. Or mm-hmm. and and rather than, hey, I see that you're sad, like let's sit down and talk about this, what's going on, or you know, you're upset or you're frustrated or whatever it is, that wasn't honored. And I think what's mm-hmm. what's a big shift for me, and I would say a, a season of reinvention with this is just learning to no matter what it is, sometimes I'll with a recent exercise I've been doing is is five to ten minutes in the morning, just laying there and just letting it all swirl and without any judgment, with just like feeling it and just like honoring that, and then seeing where that goes. And I don't necessarily know where that always goes, but um, but I think it's I think it's a crucial piece to the reinvention because allows you kind of reset your values and and get back on the path of where you're going for. Well, and David, I love what you said about not knowing where it goes from there. I think that's a huge piece to it. I mean, to get to get literal, and I'm probably going to butcher this. Maybe you guys know this, but like even when Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, it's like I came up with ten thousand ways to not create a light bulb. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of that same thing of like there are these different iterations of even getting to the baseline of the reinvention of like here's the new thing. And then look at now how many different versions of lights, light bulbs, electricity, whatever that's been created since then. And so I think that's a huge piece of even in reinvention of ourselves is like, this is what uh, I'm going to try. And this is what I know what I'm moving towards and what I'm trying to create. And I may have to go a little bit left. I may have to go a little bit right. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, I don't like that very much. And so it is just constantly navigating the, the space or the path to what you're, what you're kind of visioning out, you even think that you want. Because again, it's a reinvention. You, you, it's never existed before. So I, I even wonder how clear you really can be <laughs> on what that's supposed uh-huh. to look like, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love what you're saying. And I want to, you know, bring this back to thinking of our clients and our listeners. And so what do, what do we know about Thomas Edison is that like he was committed that light would exist outside of a candle, <laughs> um, right? And so so it's it sounds like he, you know sought invention after invention after invention until he got to it. So when we think of our our, our clients, uh, when we think of our, our coaches who are listening, why is it important that that we reinvent ourselves? As, I, as we pivoted to that, I want to one of our coaches, John Roberts, he, he always says he's he what I love about him is he's so matter of fact and it really helps me because I can be kind of all over the place and get excited about things and he's like he's like, David, here's what's gonna happen. He goes, you're gonna do something and then something's gonna happen. <laughs> like, it can't be that simple. No, you know, all these things. He's like, you're going to do something and something's going to happen. Right. And and it's really fun. And so I think when, when, um, back to Edison. So it's like, you know, it's like he, 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 he did something and something happened, meaning like the first 999 times or whatever, it didn't work. So he's like, he tried something and it's like, well, that didn't work. And then all of a sudden it did. And I think that that's so, so to tie it into the question, Rosie, of like, why is it important is if you're, Content in your life, in your life, it's. It, I, I still think it's important, but it really becomes important when you're when you're hungry or where you, when when somebody says to you like, "How good do you want to be?" and and you go, "Actually, I don't know because I don't know what I'm capable of," and so then mm-hmm. it becomes a necessity or becomes part of the process. And I think, um, I think the part of the reason it's so important is because there's a lot of problems to be solved in the world. There's a lot of difference to be made, and I think if people aren't reinventing themselves. Then we're all selling ourselves short on 
what we can create, the impact we can have. I, I think it's part of how we evolve as human beings. And I, and I do agree with David, like if we don't continue to evolve and step into our evolution, we miss something. And I love the question that is in one of our forums is like, if you live to the age of 90, what regrets will you have? And I, I know for myself mm. that, and, and I see this in my clients, that they would have regret if they didn't step in to that uncomfortableness into reinventing themselves or or the growth that they would experience in the place that they find themselves at at the end of their contract or you know the very thing that they wanted to be celebrating. Mm-hmm. I love that question too. It's always one of my most favorite to read the answers to because I think it kind of lends some insight into really what they're thinking. But for our client, it's always something new that they want that they don't currently have. And the reinvention is so crucial in that space because there's going to be something that they need to reinvent about themselves or, or that we invite them to reinvent about themselves to get that thing that they want. Otherwise, they would have had it by now and yeah, or yeah. they wouldn't need the coaching. And so when we can reinvent ourselves of, to have something that we've never had before, it's doing things that we've never done before. And that's when growth comes in and that's when the stretching comes in. So even though, yes, growth can sometimes and often be really uncomfortable, usually that that desire of what that new thing is that we want can outweigh that. Mm-hmm. And you know, you I didn't think about this before our podcast today, but we happen to teach in our trainings <laughs> that that uh, full participation and whatever it is that you're up to is becoming whoever you need to become such that you'll achieve whatever you're committed to. And so like right there in the tenets of what we teach is like, you better reinvent yourself. <laughs> you know, like otherwise the the attachment to who you are and maybe whatever your personality is and, you know, what whatever it is that you think you are could very well stop all of us from from achieving what's really important to us. Yeah. And the reality is they don't have to. They don't have to reinvent themselves, but I make up that that is then avoiding getting what they want, you know, Mm -hmm. or it's just a really interesting notice about, well, do you really want that? Because Mm -hmm. your actions aren't really showing that right now. So it's just just a notice or it's interesting to kind of look at or play with. And the other thing I'd I'd add to that is kind of with what Kristen's saying is, is figuring out what does somebody want, kind of back to that question, so badly that they, that would it would force them to reinvent themselves to get it. And if somebody doesn't know what they want that bad, what we talk about in our firm is we have there's uh, some videos we can link to in the, in the notes, but um, where we we ask people what are you frustrated about, complaining about, tolerating, scared of, worried about, like, and then you can take those things. So like if you're listening to this, like think about what's your biggest frustrations in life, what are your biggest challenges, what are your biggest complaints. And then flip mm-hmm. them and you'll start to build a vision mm-hmm. that might be what can start to drive somebody because you need to have an impetus as like, why do I want to reinvent myself? Well, you got to have something bigger than yourself to go after or else it's, it, it, you know, it's just not worth the journey and that you probably won't do it. And so we, we want to invite people into crafting something that's, that's juiciest enough, juicy enough <laughs> to, to go after that you would not only need to reinvent yourself, but you're willing to go through the, the blood, sweat and the tears to do so because you're so committed to that impact or those relationships or that difference you're going to make in the world. Yeah. And David, I, w- I want to anchor something there because I love what you said about the fact that, you know, oftentimes whatever we're complaining about can be a clue to something that we really care about that 
might be where we can reinvent ourselves. So some of you might be listening to the podcast and are like, well, where do I reinvent myself? What do I, <laughs> what do I do next? Or do I need to? And so the question is, do you have complaints? Do you have things that you're tolerating, frustrated about, scared of, et cetera? You know, if the answer is yes, then it's like that, that can lead to what your vision is, what you really want to see happen. And then there would, would be a, a place that you could start in terms of reinventing yourself. Because what we, there's, there's a couple of things maybe to, to notice here is there's, um, you know, like we talked about an inciting incident or something external causing you to like, oh, I got to, you know, completely change what my work is. And then there's like this thing welling up inside of you where it doesn't feel good and right. And so you start the process and maybe that's where you would hire a coach. I have another even notice on that too. A lot of times when I'm visioning out with clients or even just friends, you know, sometimes just in conversation, a lot of what I hear or get, and and I was even like this a lot, kind of in the beginning of the coaching career, you, you probably, most of you experienced it. Um, it was a lot of non-vision that was like, well, I don't want this. And I know I don't want that. And I don't want this anymore. Which the interesting thing about that is, that's like current me that's that's having that happen. So it's almost like Kristen 1.0 is having all these things that I don't want anymore. And this is led the whole complaint thing. So it's like if I'm visioning and we we invite people into let's not talk about the non-visions of what we don't want. Let's talk about what we do want. And so if current me is is having all these non-visions happen, then that's where the forcing of the reinvention choice, uh, if you will, I think comes up is okay, well, if I'm moving away from the non-visions, then I'm moving away from former me, essentially, is, is what I'm wanting to do here. Hmm. I love that. So that's a reinvention in itself to, to shift how you're, you're, you're looking at your life from non-vision to vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even to piggyback off that is, is, it's, is a non-vision is not a, a bad thing, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. a non-vision mm-hmm. leads you to your vision, right? So if somebody's saying like, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about having enough money in retirement. Okay, boom. So now we've got the beginnings of a vision. So what would it mean for you not to worry about money in retirement? Oh, well, I'd have a portfolio of $10 million or $5 million or whatever the heck it would be, right? And it's like, okay, great. So then what's the gap? And we get really crisp and clear quickly is like, what's your portfolio now? What do you want it to be when you retire? When do you want to retire by? What's your goal? And then what committed actions would begin to get you there more efficiently than, than if you waited? So yeah, so so I don't want people. Yeah, I want people to like be excited about a complaint, be excited about a non-vision because mm-hmm. it does point the way. And so let let it be a starting point and get somebody around you in your life that can ask you really good questions about. So if that if that flipped and changed, what would your mm-hmm. life look like? And I love what Christian was talking about. Is is like what version are you? I loved how she said 1.0, and I love talking to my clients about what version are they currently, and what version do they want to be? 2.0, 3.0. And, and what makes those versions up of yourself kind of goes back to the reinvention, right? Of, of if I reinvented myself, what does that look like? And, and what are the gaps of the different versions of me? And how many different versions of me do I want to experience or also offer out to other people? Mm-hmm. So that's a really great question, Deb, which is, you know, well, how do you know that you've reinvented yourself? And look, David, going back to your example, like you can exit a marriage and is it possible that you could not have reinvented yourself? Like, how do we actually know that we are reinvented? What do you check for? 
Gosh, I, that's a good question. I don't know if I ever really thought about that. Uh, I think my my best swing at it, first of all, is would be to ask. This is where I think community is so important. Hmm. And and one of the things that I've loved that I, I think I knew would be really I'd really enjoy about joining Novus Global. It's been so much better than I expected to be. Was the power of community. And so whether that's you're a part of, you know, a chamber of commerce or a church or a company, whatever it is, surrounding neighborhoods, whatever it is, like surrounding yourself with uh, people who can really support what you're going through and then also give you feedback, right? So like I can go to my friends and say, do you think this scenario has caused me to reinvent myself, right? So I think there is some of those like less measurable things that you can, people like, oh my gosh, yeah, you've totally, but whatever it is, or no, you haven't or whatever it is. And then there's, but there's also things like for me where my, I can definitely point to things like where I didn't used to like running a mile or two back in 2010. And then in 2016, I did an Ironman. So mm-hmm. there are things that you can really point to that are much more measurable. And, you know, I, I always go to like physical fitness things. I feel like there's so much more measurable than a lot of other things. Or you could say if your income was 50,000 10 years ago and now it's a half a million, well, something yeah. happened there and, it, and you could call it reinvention, right? But it probably wasn't necessarily the normal trajectory of things. So I think there are measurable things you can do. And, and I think that that's where as much as you can, when you do think about how, like, what would I go after that would force me to reinvent myself? Like, did you achieve that thing? And if you didn't achieve it, did you ch- achieve a percentage of it? So if you if you swing for a million dollar salary and you got the seven hundred thousand or something like that, like like congratulations, that's awesome. You went from fifty thousand a year to seven hundred thousand. You didn't make it to a million, but like, man, that's yeah. still a big jump. So I think there are linears like that. That's that's my first swing. I'm sure Deb and Kristen might have something better. <laughs> So what comes up for me, David, as you, as you talked about that, is that, yeah, there are results that we show. Um, and, yeah. and some are like real results, like, you know, I made a million dollars or I saved the company this or I got a promotion. But also what I find in working with my clients is like, how how do they lead differently? Like like there have been mm. some leaders and, and other leaders would be like, what are you doing differently? I can't put my finger on it, but they're showing up and they're leading out of a whole new way. And so they're reinventing themselves as it relates to their leadership and how they show up in in the conference room and in in meetings. And and so mm-hmm. like, you know, we've talked about reinvention as it relates to results. Um, and but I talk about also the soft skills of reinventing themselves of how they're showing up in the world. Which is totally results too. They're just more qualitative. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's really great. Kristen, so when you had your juicy uh, <laughs> experience, <laughs> 95% of your source of income was like stripped away as the business model shifted. And then you and your husband, you know, looked at each other and we said, based on what our values are and based on, you know, what's important for our family, we need to create this shift in our work. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know when you look at yourself that, yes, we did reinvent ourselves? Like what, what mm-hmm. are you checking for? Or yeah. did you just get a new job? You know, like, is, is it, was it just a new job? <laughs> oh, but we're only that easy. Um, no, <laughs> I, for me, it was more intangible and more internal is a good way mm. to put it. And when David yeah. started talking about community, I wanted to be like, preach, because it like that was such <laughs> that was such a huge shift for me in um because that I mean, as you all can kind of imagine, I'm I'm going from 
uh, let's call it a position almost in, in my former work of kind of being in that top 1% to this totally new space of like being brand new, lo- felt like low man on the totem pole, like baby coach, you know what I mean? Like all these, <laughs> these mental, mental shifts in a not great way. And I think that that potentially can happen, especially if there is that external uh, happen, like the, the shift is caused externally. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But for me that that was, but like I was mentally like starting fresh of, can I do this again? What do I bring to the table? What, what Mm. are my gifts and talents? What strengths do I have in a totally new space that I was not necessarily seeking out on my own initially, but found myself in. And I, I think our makeup that could happen a lot with career shifts or career changes, or especially if people got laid off and they're they're heading to a new space or a new job. It's it's this new territory that you're navigating that it's like you think back even to all the effort that you put in in building whatever it was before. And it's like, man, like do I have it in me to start over? Do I have it mm-hmm. in me? to want to put that effort forward. How much effort is it going to take? Like there was so much fear of the unknown that I had that having the community, especially Amanda, who who many of you have heard on the podcast, who knew me before, just continue to like speak life into me and speak life over me and have some of that external feedback of, no, you're on the right track. No, based on your vision, this is going well, or uh, can I give you some feedback on that to kind of put you back on the track that that I am hearing you want to be on, to just constantly have that supportive surrounding, not just from my husband or my family, but in the space that I was trying to navigate, I think made the biggest difference out of anything in me building my confidence back up, knowing and understanding what value I bring to the table even how I want to show up of like, maybe I didn't have a chance to bring this gift and talent to the table before, but I can now. So what could that look like? And how fun is that? And just continuing to explore almost in like a really fun, playful way has been one of the most rewarding pieces of this whole reinvention and shift. So what's a belief that you had to have, Kristen, as you started started this new path? What did you have to believe about yourself in order to be successful? I ended up kind of creating this, a little bit of a mantra that I had to like say (laughs) to myself, especially when some of those feelings were coming up of like, I don't know if I belong here. It was exactly that. I belong here. I belong here. I belong here. When I would go into a new networking space or a new uh, meeting or whatever, I belong here. I belong like, cause to me that embodied the way of being that I wanted to have is mm-hmm. showing up with that confidence, showing up with, I can serve here, showing up with, I do bring something to the table and I can add value. Was that, mm-hmm. that phrase kind of summed that up for me. Yeah. I love what you said about way of being. And so even as we're talking, there's a part of me that's like, so what are the nuts and bolts of a reinvention? <laughs> and you know, I think of the coaching that we do, the inquiry-based uh, method where, you know, we say it's it's an ontological method, which is way of being coaching. And so it's like, what do people believe? You know, what are they, the behaviors they exhibit based on what they believe? And and then what kind of results do they get? Or, and how are they checking for their results? And, and, you know, Deb, going back to what you were saying about, 
in, in some of your clients where you witness that reinvention because they led differently. I'm thinking about one of my clients where originally his belief as, as the leader of an organization was like, you know, if I add more branches to, to the dam, like Mr. Beaver, then like, we're going to achieve the result and how he reinvented himself, how he completely transformed was more like, if I lead my pride, you know, like as the lion and, and create such that they're getting the results, then like, then we, we will achieve our vision. And, and so he completely shifted his belief system, which changed his behaviors. And then it, it, it did lead him to completely different results. So what's touching me is, is it seems like reinvention at its source begins with like a whole new belief uh, about what's possible that could be triggered from ourselves watching a YouTube video, or it could be triggered <laughs> by, you know, like suddenly, you know, something happens uh, externally in our lives that changes everything. Gosh, uh, the, the, what are the nuts and bolts? And if I was to boil it down, gosh, I would say it, it comes down. I think the awareness of choice is still a huge thing. I think yeah. so many people, you know, walk through life and they don't, what, what I say with clients a lot of times is like, they don't push back from the desk. Hmm. They don't, they don't pause and, and just become aware of like what choices they're making. They don't become aware of how is the world occurring to me? Kind of like what you were saying there, Rosie. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I discovered recently was this idea of, of this thing called do nothing meticulously which is a, a whole different thing. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's, it's a little bit different than meditation, a little bit different than praying, a little bit different than breath work, a little bit different than all these different things. But it's literally where you sit for a period of time and literally do nothing. And you'd be surprised how difficult it is. I had a client do it the other day and she was like about to kill me. She's like, that sounds like torture. And I was like, well, we'll find out. 30 minutes of sitting and doing nothing. But I think that it's it's the, but it allows you to become aware of all of these thoughts and feelings and circumstances and all this stuff going around. And then uh, again, this kind of back to John Roberts who helps me a lot. He's like, you get to choose now. You get to choose. Do I, as hard as it is, do we get to choose that this is going to happen for us or to us? Do we get to choose what kind of life we're, you know, for Kristen and Nick, like, do we get to choose what kind of life we're going to build now? This is the reality. Now we get to choose. And if we sit down for 30 minutes and sit still, like we actually can become aware of that. I think that's one of the biggest nuts and bolts of, of reinvention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the, the other one that comes to mind for me that's a huge one is just back to what we've been saying is knowing what, what's worth it. Like mm-hmm. what, what make, cause mm-hmm. it, you know, when you're hiring a coach, whether it's you're paying the coach $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year, you want to ask yourself the question is, what would be worth going after that caused me to reinvent myself? What would be worth investing $100,000 for to reinvent myself? And frankly, most people, myself included, I doubt myself, I'm not thinking that big sometimes. I'm not thinking that. And I thought everything has to be like big and whatever it is, but we're not thinking that much about it and really getting into the the heart and soul of what would bring tears to my eyes to know that I'd made a difference in the world XYZ way. And that I would invest $100,000 or would force me to reinvent myself to, to achieve that. And so I think you've got to have that. And then the awareness becomes so important day in and day out. The awareness of like, I get to choose now. Am I really going to lean into this? Am I really going to put myself on the hook for this? Am I really going to make the choice that causes me growth over the comfortable choice? Am I going to take the risk over sitting on the couch? That's what comes to mind for me first. 
Anything to add to that, Deb or Kristen, in terms of what are the nuts and bolts of reinvention? I think I think one of the components for me is that when I when I came to the end of myself and decided what I was going to contribute to the culture, to the community. And like David was saying, what was big enough for me to like, yeah, I want to step into this and reinvent myself. And so coming to the end of myself and then what is it that I'm going to step into and how am I going to contribute to that culture or that community was really significant for me. And then just to, to mm-hmm. continue to look at it and, and make that choice. Like David said, I think it's the choice is also a huge component of it. I'll, I'll even add in uh, two things. One, and this is just for me personally, my, my faith played a huge role in it too, of just knowing that there were plans created for me and, and that those are good plans. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm following, you know, and just kind of taking one step yeah. at a time. And then <laughs> the other thing I think that really helps is a, is an aware, a self-awareness as you are kind of navigating that space. Like we've talked about, I followed my energy so as I started creating my own coaching practice, even before Novus, I noticed how much energy I had around creating this new thing. Like I'd, you know, I'd look at the clock, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's midnight already. And I'd been like working on stuff for creating content, <laughs> or even if it's down to like working on my website, like everybody always does at the beginning of their business. But, um, but I had, <laughs> I had just such like energy and passion behind the little things that that also told me I was on the right path versus kind of a resentment or a like, ugh, like that kind of like weighing down feeling. Those were like, those were like the gut feelings that I kind of followed of right path versus like, maybe not that direction. <laughs> so that was, that self-awareness was huge. Yeah. I, I love that. And I hear a difference between, you know, I, I'm reinventing myself and choosing this and I, I feel energized in the pursuit. And then a little different, Deb, it was like, I'm really committed to this and I've emptied myself out. Whatever I'm doing isn't working. And so it requires that I must transform something. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Thanks for sharing that. So another question I want to ask us is, have you ever had the experience where you reinvented yourself and then those who are around you are like, mm, I like the old you better, <laughs> come back. <laughs> Can I talk about, uh, I've seen that happen uh, a lot. And other, so I'll, I'll talk about it externally. I've, I've been pretty blessed with some pretty supportive people, but uh, I always love that analogy of uh, the crab, like all the like the having the crabs in the bucket. Have you heard that one where one starts to crawl out and the other ones all pull it down to the point where they stop you and trying to get out of the bucket? Mm-hmm. That was always so powerful for me because I would see it happen so much as I would see somebody start to grow or start to reinvent themselves or move in a different direction to better their life for themselves or their family or whoever. And there would, there'd be this pushback from all of the people around him or her on questions of like, oh, you're doing that. And, and just kind of some of those poking or resentment to just really help have them second guess the direction that they're heading in. And it would be, again, I think it goes back to the power of community and having people speak life into you of, of the direction that you want to be going. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love the phrase that we have of like, oh, that's an interesting experience that they're creating for themselves and realizing it's not, it's not on the person growing. It's really on the person that's poking at their growth or trying to pull them back down 
uh, is so interesting. So that's where I also think it's really powerful or and important to have that vision in front of you of what you're what you're working towards, what it would feel like, and what it would be like on the other side when you reach that, and having that be worth it to them to to not so much prove those people wrong because I'm not sure that that's always re- resourceful, but but almost that like can you get past that? Is it worth it enough to get past the poking or get past the the questioning or the second guessing? Sometimes I think it is out of resentment of of they're not willing to grow. So when they see other people growing, it's it, it's a reflection on them. I mean, who knows what everybody has going on in their own head? But I have for sure seen it mm-hmm. happen. Sometimes so much so to the point where I may even warn people or like just give them a heads up. If you might you might hear this as you start to kind of share that out there. So just be aware of it and and just um, yeah, just have that awareness that that could happen and that's normal. The biggest thing I see happening when when either myself or other people have reinvented themselves, one of the biggest things that we see is that people are more advocating for themselves. So they actually are assertive and they ask for what they want. They speak up. They don't just uh, do something because they're supposed to do it and then resent doing it. Uh, so for example, like for me, it was a matter of one of the biggest areas I've grown in is actually saying no to things. So there'll be times where you start to advocate for yourself or you say no to something and people don't like that. They liked it when they could just ask you to do anything to help and you would help, which I'm still about helping. I love service. But uh, when it came to, you know, saying no to helping friends move sometimes, you know, <laughs> and I would tell friends, I would say, hey, listen, I will pay some 17-year-old kid a hundred bucks to come help you move, but I'm not going to be doing that. And um, and so I'll even buy him a pizza <laughs> or something. So uh, and he'll be, he'll be thrilled. She'll be thrilled, whatever. And, and so, but I think that when you start to advocate for yourself, people in your world that aren't used to you advocating for yourself, it will take some, some time to get used to that. And so my encouragement people, as you're reinventing yourself is if you showed up the similar way for five years, they're probably going to assume you're going to show up a similar way next year or, you know, tomorrow. And so be generous and gracious with them. As you reinvent yourself, it may take a little bit of retraining people how to see you. And saying, hey, I'm actually going to start speaking up for myself. It's going to be challenging for me or whatever it is. That kind of thing. I'm going to ask for what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it with honor and love and all the same values I had before. I'm just actually going to speak up or speak up in a new way. Um, and people you know, people won't always be up for that. You're like priming them for your reinvention. Right. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Just so, Just you, know, so you know, next month, it's on. <laughs> I actually, so, well, and, and even to that point, David, I think a lot of times it's it actually is out of a space of love in their own way. And I lied, not on purpose, but I do actually have an example personally. Uh, so when I was moving from corporate, a corporate space, because I always thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder out of grad school and then... I realized a nine to five was like not my jam, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but I, when I moved from that space into that former business that I did, kind of into the entrepreneurial space, my parents freaked out a little bit. And I know it was out of love and out of protection and out of like, but what are you doing? Like that kind of thing. And that's where I still had to like follow my heart as cliche as they, that may sound, but I knew what I wanted. And that's where uh, I think, again, that vision is so important. I still remember where I was. We were playing cornhole for those Midwestern people. And yes. I just like let the beanbag go. And I was like, by the way, I quit my job. And <laughs> my dad was just like, what? And um, Cause I knew it, I knew it was coming. And I think that that sometimes keeps people uh, holds them back a little bit too, is like this fear of what people are going to say or fear of what people are going to do to the point where they shrink a little bit. Um, so that's, that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing to kind of watch out for as well. 
Deb, with your eight reinventions, how gracious <laughs> have people been with you? Um, well, I guess uh, I'm used to saying people are going to look at me with like I have three eyes on my head. So I have gotten really used to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Deb's always I, up to something. <laughs> I guess I've had pretty much uh, support, but uh, a similar situation of of uh, moving into an entrepreneurship um, of Kristen and uh, didn't get the response or the support that I thought I was going to get, but I, I knew, I, I knew it fueled the flame inside of me and the passion. And so I went for it and I, and I, mm-hmm. and I just, I just didn't, I ignored what people said because I knew it was right for me. And, and so I guess I, I really was uh, aligned with my vision and that they did eventually come around, but at first, yeah, they're they out of love. They're fearful, and they share the fear. But um, I I chose not to to cave to the fear. I was I was confident in my decision. Yeah, that's really great. And I, I mean, when I shifted out of my water polo career, and I you know I had an undergrad in biology. I, you know, you know, the whole family was like, "So are you <laughs> going to become a pharmacist?" And they were they were they were pushing that my, you know, reinvention at a sport would be some safe version of how they already understood me. And so then it was my decision to say like, no, this is, this is who I'm going to be. And eventually when they saw that I could pay my bills and stuff, it was like, oh, okay. And and, and so that's a really great point that oftentimes people resist our, our reinvention because they're concerned about us out of love. And then there's those who, who might be jealous or who, like you said, they're, they want you to stay in the bucket with them as that, that group of crabs <laughs> and, and <laughs> no one shall exit yeah. because this is the world as they know it. <laughs> and Rosie, I'd love to add the, the, I guess I've really been, um, I've really been comfortable in the vulnerability. Uh, so the vulnerability mm-hmm. of just sitting in what I chose to do and then being vulnerable and go like this, this is what I'm choosing. And this is the vision that I'm after and being comfortable in, and not too many people are really comfortable in that space and to invite others into that space. And you know that, like I see the link between Kristen and Nick and their their decision where it was like, what are our values? And then based on what our values are, yes, we're doing this. We're anchoring anchoring in that. And I think that's a powerful... Uh, so if you're feeling shaky in your reinvention, it sounds like the coaches uh, on our podcast today are saying, what are your values? Anchor into those, anchor into your vision, and you're going to get through that rocky period. Another a valuable piece of advice I heard recently from Donald Miller, who was a memoirist and then shifted into, you know, having a successful marketing company. And, and he's like, look, guys, you, you, you may shift. You're going to go into whatever career now that you decide. So speaking from a career sense, that may be totally different from what you did before. And at first people are going to say like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he got a lot of those. And then after a period of time, people just like, you know, they're more concerned about themselves really than they are with you. Sometimes we think people are as interested in our own lives as we are, but they're really not. And so after a period of time, they just like forget that you were even that thing before and they relate to you as, as who you are right now. So I found that comforting because I, I thought about Donald Miller and I did know him as a memoirist. And now I'm like, I can't even remember that guy. I only see him as, as the marketing guy. So, so I found that really, really helpful. Can I ask you a question actually, Rosie? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, even talking about your sports background or, and because you had a long career as like a high level athlete. And sometimes I think with the reinvention piece, we're so tied to our quote unquote identity in something 
So like, what was your experience like to shift from, I am this high level athlete into I'm not <laughs> anymore. And like, what does that look like next? So does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I was one of the athletes that was preparing for it. Some athletes, like when we counsel athletes that are stepping toward retirement, we're like, okay, <laughs> like, do you have anything else going on? So that when you step off the court, <laughs> you're not just like free falling. So I was already planning for stuff. And I think it comes from some fundamental belief that I have about like, man, if you love something, just go try and make sure you can pay your bills. But I, I think about my, my deathbed, Deb, that's what you said. I think about when I get to the end of my life, will I have regretted not trying something? And that is a deeply haunting, it's very haunting to me. And that haunt is enough that I'm like, let's go. So I'm like, I'm, I'm honestly in a place of excitement about reinvention in terms of career and creativity. I think when it comes to reinvention that scares me or unsettles me is like, what if I profoundly shift the way I see life? (laughs) Because like, who will I then become? Will I become someone I don't recognize? Will my values change? Like that, that's the reinvention that scares me that maybe triggered by something outside of myself, but the, in the reinvention, when it comes to career, it's like, it feels playful as long as I can pay my bills. (laughs) Does that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Any last words that we want to share thinking about our coaches out there who are listening to this podcast and thinking about how to support their coaches in their journey of reinvention? What do we want to share with them from our experience about how to support as a coach in that container? I think do the work yourself, meaning the more you continue to reinvent yourself, the more you're going to be able to relate to your clients as they do. There's just uh, like every new level Mm. brings new awareness and new insights and new perspectives to life, really. And so being able to, I think you'll be able to serve your clients more powerfully the more and more you continue to reinvent yourself as well. I heavily, heavily agree with that in terms of, um, you know, we talk about if you never hire a coach, he doesn't have a coach. And I almost want to extend that to like never hire a coach, doesn't have a coach and a therapist, you know, um, because I, I think we're we're so um, we're such uh, advocates of of reinvention. And if you're not doing it yourself, I think it just you lose some of your your boldness in that. But when you're going through the ringer yourself and trying different things and uh, reinventing yourself, then you're just like a, a strength to your word that I'm not just selling something I don't believe in. Like I'm actually like in the, I'm embodying reinvention mm-hmm. and here I can tell you in the last three months, you know, what I've done to reinvent myself and where I put myself on the hook. And so I think that's a huge one. And then I think beyond that, I think it's, uh, it's inviting your clients uh, to not half asset. And uh, I was having this conversation with a client earlier today around mm-hmm. this, this concept of there is this, some reason there's this like pull to in life sometimes to like just not not playful out. There's just so many reasons to choose comfort over growth, and uh, and so with your clients, just really invite them on the hook, invite them to playful out, invite them to choose growth over comfort every time. Uh, not every time. Sometimes comfort's good, but like to choose growth in terms of reinvention um, and pursuing your life life dreams. Love it. Yeah, I mean, what, what came to came to mind is practice what you preach. I think we do that well. We found a community mm-hmm. that really invites each other into iron sharpening iron. I love the perspective of um, 
you know, keeping that forefront with your client of what will they regret, you know, for them to step into reinvention. I mean, I, I love that. Beautiful. Thank you for those parting thoughts. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. We really enjoyed the conversation. We encourage you to pursue your vision for your life and embrace reinvention if it calls. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and remember, dare to go beyond high performance.